All right, welcome back to uh, Free Game Productions, Out of the Cave. Um, I got a friend of mine who I couldn't be more impressed with, especially after seeing this shit, man. Um, we got Sean Ashcraft, the owner of Camp Wabong, Camp W. <laughs> Camp W, yeah, um, yeah. Who Danielle and I have spit and stayed in this cabin, actually. Yeah, I guess you could call it a cabin, right? Yeah, this is a cabin. Like a, like a little house cabin. Yeah, it's like um, a little tiny house. And just hung out with the kids and watched him make fire and a million other things. Um, so as we get started, I, I guess the first question is, Sean, how did you get into Camp? I know you kind of told me a little bit of it, but how did you get Camp W? And what is like your ultimate goal with this? Right. So Camp W uh, was uh, part of a progression of my career in wilderness-based education. So I had I had worked in pharmaceuticals for a short period of time out of college uh, as a biochemist, and I recognized that it just wasn't for me. Uh, went back to school really just for my deep passion base, looking to have fun and explore and really dig into the adventurous side of life, you know, like wanting to, wanting to get paid doing the things that I, like, really usually would pay to do right so uh worked with adults for a bunch of years uh, as a with a at an international climbing school we did all high altitude mountaineering mixed. is that why you got the rock mountain right there yeah, yeah yeah that was one of the things that i i brought from that and uh you know i'd take people kayaking around the world sea kayaking we'd do whitewater kayaking uh, all sorts of long uh, canoe expeditions and working with adults yeah i I, I feel, I started to feel like all of my clients were, were effectively running from something. Like they were all running from home. Like they, they needed something to fill them back up so they could go back into the muck and, and slog through life. And uh, when I became a father, my two sons that are now uh, 13 and 11, I started to recognize a deep desire of mine to start to break the cycle like trying to find ways to to show people or show other humans that we can move through the world in a way that brings us joy and fulfillment uh, like the idea of work like it's not really work it's just it's just that that maybe profession and uh, i built a reputation this place came up a dude from a men's group that I was in years prior to was like, dude, what are you doing for the next couple hours? Uh, I need you to come with me right now. And uh, a couple days later, uh, this I took this place over. So, um, and, and, I, and I give this a proper introduction. This is a wilderness school. Yeah, it's a so wilderness-based school, heart connection, you know, focused camp. So it, it's super cool. Like you come in, it's in Brattleboro, Vermont. Mm -hmm. Brattleboro, Vermont. Yeah. Brattleboro, Vermont. Um, and you come in, and you know we're in one of the few cabins that have four walls. The kids are yeah. sleeping with like three walls, like in the starlight. And then Sean mentioned um, you got your two children, you know Oliver and Julian. One of the coolest things about this is the way the kids interact. Like they, mm. they have we were talking about it earlier. Right. They all have like real conversations. They look you in the eye. Right. And they speak openly, and they like hold themselves with like right. proper posture when yeah, they're speaking. Yeah, their shoulders are back. They're looking in yeah. the eye, like their head is up. It's it's really cool. So, the, it's a wilderness school, but it's like a life school. And then, um, obviously, Danielle and I do ceremonies quite often. Um, 
Sean said with like the the heart school too is we did yesterday is we walked around blindfolded in the woods mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then Sean had them express like their their senses and like how they're connected and honoring the earth mm-hmm. and honoring the connections and their intuitions mm-hmm. and the other senses that aren't necessarily termed as senses but right right those feelings those yeah. feelings uh, that activity was called the drum stock so uh, in that, the idea is to just explore the way that we move through the world. And uh, like I got to towards the end, you know, that reminder that we're in it for each moment. And it's important to remember uh, in our daily lives, we forget so easily that it isn't about that certificate. It isn't about that end goal. It isn't about that car that I'm saving for. Like the reality, those things are great. But if that's what, if we're always looking in the future then we're going to miss hundreds of details every day that have the potential to bring us joy or enrichment uh, through connection with other people instead of blasting past someone to get somewhere. It's like you know, taking that five, ten seconds to just acknowledge the other person as you go by and maybe a conversation will happen, maybe it won't. But, but those, those uh, feelings and those senses that we were exploring out there by removing sight, uh, it heightens the other pieces of our body. You know, it's if you remove your vision, then your hearing perks up, the sense of uh, touch perks up, uh, and the, uh, the gut, you know, that, that intuition space where there's, uh, especially for kids, uh, that, that feeling that can come when you're in proximity to another living thing or another object i mean everything's living even a rock it's moving we just don't see it really but right the vibrations the vibrations so uh learning how to uh harness those kinds of uh, feelings within our awareness it it brings comfort like it puts our body into congruence and it and it really brings an awareness for the kids that that everything matters like all of the movements that we make in the world matters. That ripple effect, it matters. That that person that we stop to say hi to and connect with and look in the eye, they might have been on their way to fall off a cliff somewhere and we just added a ripple that that brought them back from the depth. Right. You right. know, you just never know. The breaking point for breaking people. you just never know. Never know. So it's always worth it. And it also could be that person or that experience that changes the course of my life or the kids lives in another direction where you know they might be shooting for this this certificate or whatever might this long-term goal uh but it might be a a, like a pivotal moment where they recognize something different within themselves that then uh changes the course of their their future you know the um the physicist that we had on our show i i can't remember how to pronounce his last name daniel like um Sorry, Daniel, if you're listening to that, can't get your last name again. But um, one of the things he said that you... So Sean's background is bio... Biochem and molecular biology. It, super smart. Um, <laughs> but we had a physicist on here, and again, we're talking about Reiki healing and stuff. And what mm-hmm. he was saying is interesting. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about intuition, um, I, my synesthesia kicked in, which hasn't kicked in in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, like, pink on your cheek, which would be, mm-hmm. like... It's, like, a really good sign. Mm-hmm. Um Anyways, but what he says is like when you give energy or love to somebody, um, that's like one of the things that defies conventional physics mm. because the more you give, the more you get. More you, exactly. The more you give, the more you get. 
Whereas like with food yeah. or in the physical world, the more you give something, just generally speaking, the less you have. Right. Um, right. But those non-extinguishable mm-hmm. entities, right. I guess right. entity would be a good term. Um, the more you give, the more you get. Mm-hmm. And, and we were talking yesterday too, which was um, super cool. So Sean's given us a couple of different tours um, and he's just explaining your knowledge of the herbs and recognition was super impressive, which we'll get into in a second. But we were walking into um, the bees mm-hmm. and you were explaining about the frequency of the bees. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of got into the ripples. You want to, so well, how have you noticed with the bees? So he pulled down a beehive <laughs> from a tree, like the ladder's still over there and right. then put it over with his other bees. So how come the bees didn't attack you? I mean, I know because you told me, but like right. for the person listening. So um, preface this as uh, you know, I'm an amateur beekeeper. I've I've been doing it for the last seven eight years. Uh, definitely amateur, right? That's uh, it's a life life pursuit. But uh, through the years, reading and exploring uh, with them, that they respond in a very real way to our energy in some ways i feel like it's uh it's almost like a horse you know you're around certain animals or certain insects um and even actually infant humans like young babies have an awareness that we kind of grow out like we learn we're 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 boxed out of as we grow through our traditional schooling systems but uh they know when you're scared and they're like what the fuck is this person doing here like this can't be good if this person's scared then something's going on where if you interact with them or around them with a sense of appreciation and gratitude and love, they'll, they'll come on to you, you know, like if you put your hand into their hive, like, sure, they're going to come on to you, but they don't sting you. Like, they're not going to attack you. It's not a threat. They are exploring, right? So they're uh, effectively, when we're approaching them with that love, it's the same frequency or the same resonance that they are uh, in their hives. So we're kind of like just an extension of their home space because it's a comfort, like a comfortable frequency for them. So when I was up in the tree, and I have to admit, there was at one point, I mean, I'm 40 feet up in a tree. Uh, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> holding on to a ladder with, uh, with one hand, like looped around, saw, cutting down the branch, getting ready to catch it. It has 40,000 bees because the bees had just swarmed the, the, the day before. Uh, so there was a piece of me at one point that was that was totally like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, what am I getting myself into? Uh, but it quickly, you know, that's this is the emotional awareness piece, you know, like quickly recognize that and be like, hey, no, it's going to be okay. Like, these are my friends. And I'm just here to protect them and give them a new home. Right. So that energy change and that acceptance that I'm I'm here with them as a steward. Uh, at first, there was a branch bump when I was in my oh shit moment and a couple of them came over and you can tell like they're like agitated and you they they sound different. But as soon as you breathe into it and settled in right back to the swarm, no big deal. Like they're just right here with you, falling you down and um it, it amazes me every time I go to check the hives. When I go to check the hives, when I breathe into it, take a couple minutes to really find my center, um, my gratitude, my love, my appreciation f- for them uh, and what they help us with in the land here, you know, pollinating all of our plants. 
they're they literally would just come up to the edge and they're like, hey, yeah. And yo. then <laughs> and we spoke about it yesterday too. Um, their their frequency, like their their buzzing, mm-hmm. uh, helps people with depression, right? Big time. Yeah. So that's something that I've been reading a lot of studies on recently. That uh, there's been a number of studies that show that beekeepers uh, have uh, generally a longer lifespan than people that aren't beekeepers, uh, but also within some PTSD-based uh, groups. And uh, it's there's a, a, a group of folks that are ex-Navy SEALs, or a, not really ever an ex, but like a Navy SEAL that's not active duty anymore, uh, or special forces, uh, other folks that are in really high-stress military situations that um, really find it hard to integrate when they get back home. Uh, my friends have started incorporating medicine, uh, things like ayahuasca uh, and uh, you know non-medicine-based things like uh, breathwork and whatnot, but they've also started incorporating bees and uh, beekeeping into the mix and um, have found some really tremendous results in just spending a few minutes around hives each day has lifted people from depression uh, that has really been deeply rooted for years. And then um, what, is, what is the effect of grounding? Like what is the scientific effect of that? So, so that's when you take your shoes off and walk right. around. Right, yeah, touching the earth, right? Yeah. So, uh, well, there's, there's, I mean, big name, like Joe Dispenza. Uh, we'll talk about this a bit too, but... Uh, effectively, with shoes, we are isolating our body from the earth. So it's uh, it's protecting us or it's eliminating our actual connection to the earth. If you can imagine our bodies, this is just one way to think about it, as uh, just a big electrical pulsing unit uh, that's doing its thing. You know, our heart is operating through electrical impulse, our thoughts are electrical impulse. Uh, and then there's also the pieces within our cells and our blood that things are constantly moving past each other and creating like different charges even within that. You know, it's almost like taking a balloon and rubbing it on your head, creating static electricity. Like we, we get out of balance, we create static electricity effectively and it pulls in a direction or like in a way that is not natural for us. Is that what that is? Is when you're out of balance, when you get the static electricity, like when you touch something? Um, I mean, it's not necessarily that. I'm, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm thinking. No, I, I don't. Like I don't mean to sidetrack you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's not necessarily just out of balance. But that idea that uh, you end up with extra charge or a way to not get rid of it. So when you touch something that you've after you've done the the balloon thing, you get that discharge, and that electricity that's stored in your body is, and it shoots to whatever you touch. Um, because our body doesn't want it. Our body doesn't need it. It needs to get rid of it. So taking our shoes off allows the electrons and all of the energy to actually flow and discharge the things that we don't need, like the extra, as well as come into resonance with the earth. You know, the, the vibration that the earth has, uh, the Schumann resonance, it, it does have an effect on our body and uh, being able to touch the earth brings all of our body into play. I mean, if you can imagine, we've been around for not just a hundred years kind of right, thing, right. right? We've been around for a long time and shoes kind of just came around in the last hundred years with rubber. Uh, we evolved barefoot. So our natural process 
involve discharging un like unused, unneeded uh, extra uh, energy into the earth. And the earth is that bank. It's like with a house, why they pound in that grounding stake outside to hook your electrical to is because we need a discharge. So taking our shoes off grounds us just like our houses are grounded when we need to plug things in. And I've, um, my buddy Taylor had this thing you'd stand on and it would shake you mm-hmm. and it would like release the, I, w- I would go to him with it after jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get like itchy in your crotch area, right. your feet, and he said that's where you're releasing the most toxins. Right. Um, yeah. Your feet. So I'm assuming that that was an evolutionary. It, just yeah, down to the bottom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. It helps, and it it really makes it. I mean, I you've seen me. I walk around barefoot at least all once a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. by once a day, it's it's just a kind of all day. Yeah, yeah. At least during the summer, we'll go out in the winter, cold plunge, be barefoot, things of that nature. But. Uh, scientifically, taking your shoes off for two minutes outside uh, can loosen your ble- like your your red blood cells will be clumped a lot of the times when we're wearing shoes. If you look at uh, scans, you remove your shoes, they'll spread out like natural. Uh, and if you're looking at the uh, electrical currents within your body, they they measure. So when this. they loosen, does that mean like your blood flow is better? Oh yeah, yeah okay. yeah, blood flow better. So. Uh, it's dramatic for your cardiovascular system, right? So like when people get clogs, they put stints in. If you don't have a bunch of clogged up junk in your blood, it's like you're not moving old motor oil. If you're able to move that fresh, free-flowing kind of stuff, then you're not going to have the same problems. So uh, it's dramatic. And that electrical current, it's measurable. Within two minutes, that off kind of, you know, our head might be going in one direction, our body or heart might be, you know, a different frequency, different ways. Shoes off, two minutes, everything lines right up. It's it's and it's measurable. They've been doing it for forty something years. It's really amazing. Yeah, it's it's wild how some of this stuff um, is almost considered woo woo. Oh, it's totally woo woo. But, but, but the it's science not. is so like right. It's so incredibly like definitive. Right. Um, and so I mean that that's the beauty of what you're doing is like you're teaching these kids like hard physical skills. Mm. Building fire, building fire in the rain. Right. Um, Hell yeah. And which, on a side note, it's not just the building of the fire. It's or not the making of the fire. It's the building of the fire. That's the hard part. Yeah. Um, which I learned today, because um, I've made a fire before, but building it, mm. and I I used like a cheat. Like we, um, th- I mean, shout out to Chad, right? Um, but he showed us. But we had like a cotton ball with like petroleum jelly, oh, and yeah. then we had like little sticks, and it yeah. just kind of caught easier. But yeah, today we used um, birch bark. Mm-hmm. And then the little, what do the you call it? The ferro rod? Yeah, the, the ferro striker. rod. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Ch- 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 yeah. Um, so that, that was super interesting. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just interesting to me, like, how, again, I'm assuming, so you have dreads. Oh, uh, yeah, I've got dreads. Um, yeah. For those that are just listening and not seeing the video. Yeah. But you have a science, hard science background. I do, yeah. Um, so I have to imagine that there is a constant, I mean, you're just good vibes. Yeah. That's like the first thing I ever said to you, but Yeah, that's true. The, yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Um because yeah. I just remember like the whole week I was like, I hope I get paired up with that dude. That dude just seems cool. Yeah. Um like I normally with the podcast or with the I would wear bottom grills. Mm-hmm. Just enough like people wouldn't really see it, but to me it was like a gold electrical amplifier. Yeah. Um yeah. but I have to imagine that the dreads are a conversation starter. Big time. What yeah. are I'm assuming a lot of these parents are 
not familiar with that stuff. How does, does that ever no. come up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, this big picture of what we do here, right? So uh, I'm going to I'll get to that specific question in just a hot second. Like the, the kids aren't coming from backgrounds that, that really touch on what we're doing here. Like they're coming from the city. There's some kids coming from farms. There's, you know, we have a few dozen countries represented and like it's super diverse uh and you know the the families are aware that we get into heart connection stuff but you know the kids are coming here to play right they're coming here to go wakeboarding like go tr climb trees throw axes do ancient weaponry all of these great things that we do but uh, you know, we're doing these things just to elicit responses within their bodies that then we can talk about and process together and like connect uh, the feelings and the thoughts. And um, which people don't realize that like that's how it started and why it lasted. Right. Sorry. Right. Uh, so like my dreads, my dreads for me, uh, it started really perking my interest a few years ago when I when I really started to look at energy differently. Uh, my scientific background uh, created almost a monocular, if you can imagine that, like, this is the way that science is. This is the, you know, this affects this, and it leaves out lots of things. Uh, but the more that I got to experience, uh, I hate to call this non-traditional, it's not non-traditional, but, like, things like breathwork, meditation, um, you know, outside the norm. Outside the norm, yeah. Uh, at least in our culture. Right, right, because right? it is more traditional, technically speaking. Yeah, yeah. it's older. I mean, yeah. it's old as all get out. So uh, the idea of an energy um, buffer or soak where, you know, my hair helps me through meditation or helps me in meditation to control my energy, my energetic signature and the flow of energy in my body. So the way that I wear my hair uh, or if I'm storing energy, like this is this is a piece that uh, the dreads relate to uh, that kind of woo-woo side, uh, that I was super anti-woo-woo. I was super anti-woo-woo uh, until I, I met um, my assistant and former partner, Cagney. Uh, she broke me into some pretty woo-woo stuff with my first real breathwork uh, thing a number of years ago. And... Uh, and it blew my mind to the point where it's like, there's so much more to this than I could have ever imagined. And at the time I almost felt like it was being hidden from me because, you know, I'm, I'm 10 years in college, deep in science, uh, moving into pharmaceuticals. And it's like, they're just like, no, 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 no. Keep looking this way. No, 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 no. This is, this is how it works because we only want this molecule and that molecule to do this. Because that's how we get to control shit. Whereas being here in the woods and some of the stuff that you experienced with me the other day, like, we don't need any of that shit. But, and this is knowledge that's been around forever. It's just within our culture, it's been kind of dumbed out or trained out of us because of the control pieces. So these families, they come to us, like, they're thinking that they're just going to, like, potentially just have fun. And Traditional then, summer camp. Yeah, then their kids come home, and they're hugging them. They're talking about all the things. They're sharing their emotional selves. That They're looking them in the eye. They're being, like, fully present in life. And they're like, 
we had cacao. It made me feel this way. You should try cacao with me. Or we did meditation every morning. Or we did cold plunges. Let's do cold plunges together. It'd be so fun, mom. Or yeah, yeah. And it changes their family. And there's hard science backing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're doing these exercises and these things, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm inviting the kids to do these things. It's not, not like a hey, you're doing this with me. Right. Right. We're inviting, so that they get to experience. And then after they experience for them themselves, then we talk about it and they share their 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 pieces. And then I might ask some questions or we might kind of probe into things. And then within their questions, I also am bumping the science. Like I'm able to inject uh, the scientific side that gives them another perspective to understand why they feel immediate results for the whole day after cold plunging in the morning. Which, which is super important. That's where the spiritual community misses is like the science on how it happens is important. Yeah. And to a lot of people, that's the only way to really get them engaged with super important things that will help everybody. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, ignoring why it makes you feel a certain way or the long term or the emotional qualitative effects is super important too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's awesome. Um, I mean, me and Danielle can be more impressed. Like, you're a great bridge for it because of your background and your knowledge. Mm, thanks, brother. Of course, of course. And, like, your ability to just navigate, like, seamlessly, mm-hmm. right? It's very nonchalant. Like, you're walking with Sean. He's like, all right, this is this plant. This is jewelweed. Mm-hmm. It grows next to poison ivy. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. which to me was super interesting. So, Sean was saying to us, oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes, the antidote, so to speak, mm-hmm. grows by the sickness, mm-hmm. lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that, just learning that, and when, actually, before we get to that, when did you, how did you get to learning this mm. stuff? Because I don't think you learned that in college, or did you? Not not all of it. There were pieces. So I, I went to, to school f- for the, like, deep chemistry side, uh, deep biology side. Uh, after I, which is why you're explaining like the chemical process and making of the fire, right? Which is actually super interesting to me because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the science of it. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even write. Yes, I mean I I tend to break things down. It, it it helps people generally. You know, it's like we if we can teach the same thing three different ways or be teaching it with three like explaining three different ways all at the same time, then they retain it better. So does that create more neural pathways? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it also does relate a little bit to uh, learning styles too. So, like keywords, but the more the more neural pathways, the neurogenesis that you can get going to the same place, it's gonna stick, right? If you've only got one string holding up a, a clothes, you know, one string holding up a, a rack of coats, it's, it's take, it could break. Yeah. If you've got three or four, it's gonna hold, right? Like the weight of all of the other crap that we're learning all the time that they're getting like shoved down their throat. Like you got three or four. Uh, strings going that way, they're going to retain, right? So, uh, I got a little off track, but... Um, no, no, you could. I was asking, um, I, I do that to people all the time, sorry. <laughs> but I, I get, like, curious in the start of the answer before yeah. it. Um, so I was asking, how did you get to this background? Knowledge? Right, so the... All right, so some... I'm an Eagle Scout. Uh, I spent a lot of time with my father and with other men and boys in camp kind of environments as a child Uh, all the way back to kindergarten uh my father was uh 
military pilot. He was a pilot in the Air Force, flew B-52s, was... Uh, That's dope. Yeah, super dope. Uh, and was, you know, deep... He was a flight instructor and had a huge piece of survival. He's a flight uh, instructor? Yeah, so can for you the Air Force. Yeah, I'm a pilot. Yeah, That's yeah. sick. All right. Yeah, yeah. Add, the, add that to the cap. <laughs> yeah, I've been flying. I mean, I started when I was younger than I'm allowed to log hours because... My dad was a pilot, so we flew everywhere. They worked for the Air Force. Like, yeah. Who's going to say anything? Right. So, um, but then when I turned 14, started logging hours, went through the whole bit. And yeah, I've had my pilot's license longer than my driver's license. So, um, but so eventually I did go back to school for uh, outdoor education, right? So after, after pharmaceuticals, literally was like, fuck this. Um, like, so you went back to school after pharmaceuticals? Yeah, so I went back to a really intensive so program. So you were heavily schooled. Heavily schooled. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I wanted to work outside. I wanted to be doing adventure sports. I wanted to be, um, at the time, I wanted to really just like soak into the adrenaline junkie space. Like I was jumping out of planes at the time. I was flying. I was, uh, I mean, planes and helicopters, riding motorcycles, racing motorcycles. Like I... I was in it, like, at that time how, in my life. How old are you? Uh, 41. All right, so you're all in on whatever you're doing. Oh, I'm all in. Because to get all that done at that yeah, age, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all at in. At a high level. I'm all in. Yeah. And I hear that all the time. I mean, that's something that Cagney says even. I mean, it's like. That's the way to be, though. I'm all in. And I'm all in until I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, I'm 100%, like, I'm not going to go more. Like, I could say I'm 110, which is real. But I'm all in. But as soon as I'm not, it's cut. Like, I I turn and I just walk away and I move to the next thing. I think so. that's easier for people that go all in. Um, I genuinely, I usually go all in on things and mm-hmm. things that I go all in on when it's time to move on, it's easy. Right. Because you know you gave a trail. Right. That's exactly why. Yeah. I mean, this- on things I haven't, those are the things where I like, I'm like, oh, should I go back to it? It's like, because I didn't give it my everything. Right. Yeah. And this was a mindset shift that I did have uh, a little, a number of years ago, but um, to finish that first piece, like I did go back to school. I got, uh, you know, rock climbing certification, like my instructor certification to, to guide, to rock climb, to paddle, to, uh, do challenge courses, like kind of anything that you could imagine outdoors, um, to teach kids how to ride dirt bikes. I mean, literally nice fucking everything. Um, to the point where there's so many certifications at that point in my career, I couldn't afford to renew them every year because they were all a hundred dollars or whatever. And it was just fucking stupid. Like it was $10,000 worth of, uh, renewals every year. It just was nuts. Um, and that started the ball rolling. And, uh, I picked up some mentors. Uh, I learned tree ID in school. And some plants, so like I could tell you 15 trees by the bark and leaves and all that at that time. But over the last 10 plus years, 15 years really, uh, I've been picking stuff up because it matters. Like I have an itch and I don't want to put Benadryl on it or I don't want to put a chemical on it. So what can I do? You know, I go grab plantain, I use jewelweed, I'm looking for plants, remedies, things that are more natural for my body because... I've I've noticed the difference when I'm able to stay away from pharmaceuticals or away from things that are synthetic or potentially in some ways something that helps me think about it is like I love the Thanksgiving for me like what I would say is a traditional Thanksgiving meal like I love cranberry sauce I love stuffing I love turkey I love the gravy I hate cranberry sauce by itself like I don't like stuffing by itself like 
pharmaceuticals or like our traditional way of medicine, like they're picking, they're like hitting the dartboard and they're just getting that one spot. So like it's, it's like only eating stuffing where all of those other things are beneficial to you in some way and kind of seal the deal in a bigger picture way that it overall is just healthier for you because it's, it's, uh, it's helping your body. It's not just masking something. It's not like putting a bandaid on it. It's actually healing. So with your background in uh, chemicals and biochemistry, my view, and, and it's ignorant, um, my father is a PhD in it, but I'm, I'm ignorant in it. Um, my view, though, is whenever you take something to fix something, like a pill, there has to be some kind of side effect. There's is that. There's, I mean, if you they're listen for to that. Any, any, com- like any commercial... Like there's a reason. There's, why a, there's mil- a and the side effect is things, always like right? something terrible. It's like it, depression. Side yeah. effect could be suicide. It's like that sounds right. like it makes it worse. Right. There's always going to be side effects, right? So, uh, you know, anything. I would say that generally, when we're as natural as we can be, it, this day and age, it can, it can be really hard actually, because it's everything else is so accessible. But uh, the more natural we can be with our remedies, uh, eating whole foods, like just treating food as medicine in general, like it doesn't matter if you only eat meat. It doesn't matter if you only eat vegetables. It kind of doesn't matter as long as you're eating whole and eating real. Like you notice Define the, whole. Well, so you notice the difference if it, like vegans and, and meat eaters will argue all day long because they, they're like, nope, I started this and I feel great. And then this other party, the same thing. They're like, oh, I, I only eat meat and I feel great. And the thing that they're leaving out is like, okay, so they're not eating the canola oil or they're not eating the bullshit. Like they're not eating the stuff that, that is going to like poison your body. Corn syrup yeah, like the fucked up shit that's nasty, the processed stuff. So like, yeah, they both are going to feel great because they're not eating the shit that's dragging them down. So uh, natural remedies or whole foods, things that come out of the earth, things that are... Uh, not like spliced apart and you only get pieces of, uh, it's going to interact in your body like medicine. That's it. Like we eat whole foods because ingesting good, healthy food, you stay healthy because it is, it is medicine. It's like medicine. So um, it keeps the side, of, side effects at bay, right? Like if you're taking pharmaceuticals, there's always going to be a side effect. Like always. And- always. And why is it that the plants don't have... Because the plants change your, your chemical makeup too, right? They can, yeah. But our body... It, it's They're not shooting for bullseye all the time. Okay. Right? So uh, the pharmaceuticals are hitting single pathways, which might goof up some other things, whereas these plants are filling all of the different pathways that could so the, be in the way or the could be... The plant handles the side effects. Yes, the plant tends to handle the side effects. Like, there's always exceptions. Like, nothing is ever complete one way or another, black or white. But but it, it generally is that way. You know, like, it covers side effects. So how do you, um, with your background in it, um, obviously, I'm assuming time and a place for everything. If somebody needs pharmaceutical, like, how do you right. guys handle that? Oh, big time. I mean, like, so today, somebody, you were there, you walked in, somebody cut themselves yeah, doing, I saw that. Yeah, doing yeah. knives, right? And it happens. Like, uh, it's actually important. Like, it's a huge piece of the learning process to, to injure yourself. It's like, you know, if you fall, you're going to learn a lot faster. I saw her after she was super proud of her red bandage. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so she had to go get stitches, right? Um, in that situation, she needs some pharmaceutical sp- 
help, right? They're going to inject some Novocaine, uh, even antibiotics. You know, like there's a time and a place, 100%. But generally, that's the extreme. So by the time we get there, by the time we get to level like 7, 8, 9, 10, then the pharmaceuticals tend to be the, the good choice to go with because it's going to bring you down potentially back to 7, and then you can start injecting the plants. Uh, that, that's what I was assuming is the pharmaceuticals are like the last step. In my opinion. And, that's and, my opinion. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because um, my friend and I were talking about this a while ago. And I, again, I don't know anything. I'm a novice. Uh, but Daniel and I want to get to the land. We want to learn. We know we're novices. Mm-hmm. So we're coming to places like this. Right. Um, but my view and my novice understanding is we'll say 60 70% preventative is going to be whole foods, how you live, are you losing weight, are you taking care of yourself. Yeah. And then Western is great for reactive. Right. And, it, and if you look at our societies, both societies, right, neither is perfect. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, right? Like, we do have these incredible technologies. We have these awesome things. Mm-hmm. And, like, if somebody does have a progressive cancer yeah, or something like that, like, Western hospitals are great. Yeah, do it. But if yeah. they're going in there for something minor right. <laughs> they're getting drugged up and told that they right. have ADD the yeah. western the western society ADD. Jesus Christ. is terrifying yes yeah. yes yeah um, I mean I had ADD as a kid I mean shit that's why you've done so many <laughs> things <laughs> and that's yeah I mean man yeah that's a whole that feels like a whole other life so um, did your parents I hate to use the term but did they drug you with the ADD well, so okay so and, and guys if you're, your kids are taking stuff like we get it you're trying your best but let's just be open minded right open minded 100% so I, I took stimulants absolutely uh, but I also I'll back up so uh, we moved around all the time my dad was a pilot in the Air Force we're always getting reassigned uh, even at different points where we would be stationed somewhere for four years. We might live six months somewhere and then come home for a little bit and then another six months somewhere else as my dad was doing different things. Uh, so by the time I got into high school, there's a lot of puzzle pieces missing from my, my education because it was state to state. You know, everybody's curriculum was just slightly different so yeah. that I, I struggled. You know, we get into high school. Uh, by the time I hit junior year, I was second to last in my class. Which is wild because... You're the most educated person, <laughs> one of the most educated people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, I mean, it's traditional school, man. You know, like I had fallen behind, and I was in the I was in the cracks, right? I was the lazy kid. I was the the troublemaker. I was the jerk off. You know, like I'll never forget my fucking biology teacher. Jesus, he hated me. You know, like which is hysterical I, if they could see what you're doing with biology <laughs> right now. Right. You should send him a uh, video. I know it'd be so funny. But uh, so my parents constantly were just like, what the fuck? You know, like I didn't know this at the time. It was something that they as parents were doing. The school just didn't want to test. They didn't want to help. They didn't want to be a part of things. They just kept saying it's because I was lazy, you know, and using teachers reports. Uh, And this is not this is not a slam on teachers at all. Uh, No, we both were in the education system. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, The system is fucked. Not the teachers. Uh, Teachers are amazing. But the system is fucked. So eventually, they tested me on their own. They took me to a place called Institute for Learning and Development. And I worked with a guy, Dr. Hallowell, at the Hallowell Center uh, in Massachusetts. And uh, Susan Tabor, never forget these people, um, 
at the Institute for Learning and Development in Lexington. And, and we did educational therapy for the summer between junior and senior year. I went like fucking every day, uh, ride my little scooter uh, multiple towns over to just sit and take what felt like stupid fucking tests at the time. Like trying to really get a handle on my process and the ways things worked. And then she started injecting the pieces that she was recognizing that I was missing. Came back fucking honor student senior year, like amazing. Um, but during that, I also was on stimulants. Like they were, they were doing it both like congruently. So I was doing educational therapy and taking uh, Concerta, uh, meth- methylphenidate. Is that, um, like, is that like Adderall? Uh, it's kind of like Adderall, yeah. It's, a di- it's, it's different, but yes, it's a stimulant. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Adderall. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Adderall was, a, was something I tried. Um, but we, we leveled on Concerta. Uh, the side effects <laughs> yeah, yeah. were lower. But, uh, yeah, so I went through that, came back, and I, I blew it through the roof. I mean, I ended up, I, I, went, I went nuts senior year. Like, I aced everything. I was killing it. Things were amazing. Um, I actually I did inspirational speaking and talked to families for a few years after this uh, with Harvard Continuing Ed, who was funding a study with Dr. Halliwell that, um, that he was doing basically trying to figure out how to remove the pharmaceutical piece from these learning difficulties and uh, showing that educational therapy is as effective, if not more effective than, than dropping the pill. And um, it was amazing. You know, it's like I traveled around the world for a short period of time, talking to families, talking about kids, about just my experience. Or my story. 180. Oh, it, it, it was amazing. I, I, I mean, I, I went from the, like, I'm fucked. Like I'm stupid. I had that. I was on the downward spiral too, to, I can do anything. Right. Is that what made you want to get into education? So tell, um, come, let's revisit. Like, what is your background in the education world? So you went to pharmaceutical world. Yeah. Pharmaceutical world. And then, and you uh, got your degree there. And, and then I went back into education in the outdoor realm. So experiential education, uh, adventure based education. And I did that because I had realized being inside all the time uh, how impactful nature was for me growing up, like through my life. And I, at the time, I didn't have any insight onto who I wanted to work with. It, it just was, it was an easy outlet to be able to think about working with kids, adults, everybody, just bringing people outside. Uh, at the time, uh, being able to instruct and teach these kind of adventure-based activities, which is really exciting, and I thought was a way to get people out, like to remind people that going rock climbing on a Friday night is more fun than going to the bar, right? right? And you get more connection with your friends and yourself, like it's truth instead of numbed. And uh, <clears throat> and I... I mean, I just, I saw results right away. Like I just, I started pushing, you know, the first couple of school groups that I worked with, I, I definitely started in more of an at-risk youth space. And you know, I'd spend a week with kids that I'd get this long list from their instructors or their group homes or wherever. And like this, you know, this kid is going to fucking, you know, like just light it up. It's going to be the worst ever. You just be real with them. Like I, right from the start. I saw how these kids were profiled and how we had put them into containers where when I just let them be and gave them a big container to play in and we, you know, got to do some kind of cool stuff that pushed their, their limits. Uh, 
it was immediate results, you know, like days even, even a day sometimes. Like in the morning, a kid would be going nuts. And then at the end of the day, he's giving me a hug. And it's, it's incredible to think about how many lives, obviously the ones that end up meeting, a, you know, a Sean. I like to think that Coach Jirasi, when I was a teacher, um, I did a whole thing on like different forms or approaches to education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking about myself in business. This one person tried presenting me, I think he told people I was a devil worshiper. Um, which is fucking crazy, what but like, yeah, dude, it's hysterical. Cause I'm, if anything, I'm like one of the most like spiritual people I know. Right. But, um, because I would always call them out on lying uh, and I would lose my shit. And right. like, if I have one trigger, it's lying. Right. Cause I feel like same. I have a, a thing where I, I, I noticed that. Yeah. Um, you saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but that's like my one trigger. Yeah. Like almost everything else, like whatever. I don't give a shit. Talk about me. Like, I don't, I don't care. But like lying, I don't know why, but I, I don't react well. You um, hear the kids screaming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's confirmation. <laughs> that yeah. means it's dinner time. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> um, it's and, totally confirmation. Right? Jeez. But, like, luckily, I am so just bold and audacious that I, like, forced my way into meetings right. that I wasn't supposed to be in. And then I got to know these higher-ups. Mm. And they were like, oh, no, Luke's cool as shit. Right. Like, wait a minute, what? And then right. I ended up back front on the other guy. I wonder how many people's lives. And if you have kids and maybe your kid is getting diagnosed, like, or maybe you're the one diagnosing them. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because they have a trigger that they don't, they're not articulate enough to right. express, right? Like if right. you like you just said, because that made me be like, oh, shoot. Like, I wonder how often that happens. Mm-hmm. You have to see, and you don't have, obviously, no names, but give some examples of kids just transform here. Mm, I mean, that's, that's, that's countless. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds, literally every season. Uh, I mean, just last week we had a, there is, I'll, like I said, we're really diverse. You know, there's incredibly affluent folks. There's folks from different countries. Um, and we also have folks have campers that are custody of the state and, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, we had uh, one student as a that was custody of the state that came with his long list of watch out for's and this is going to happen. And you know, just the he he got put into a box, uh, and his box was really small and packed so tightly that he did he couldn't move. Right, so. Every time he'd get into a new space or a new situation, like he'd have to try to break out of it because his box was so confining. Where coming here and seeing the light in his spirit and recognizing the value and then also uh, finding ways to help him see the light of his spirit and the value that he brings to all of us, to our community. You know, like day two, we do beads here. Uh, like leadership beads, kindness beads, when they earn certain skill. You know, day two, this kid, I mean, not because of me and not like they, they don't know the box that he's in, not all my staff because it's not important information. I don't, I'm not going to profile like that and try to spread that kind of right. crap. As far because as then that affects how you interact. Exactly. And the way somebody approaches you is how you react with them. Right. So uh, kindness bead, leadership bead, like just in two days, this kid goes from like the crazy pent up, like, Oh, you got a kindness energy. Thing. That's and funny. Day day two, he's waking up in the morning and helping people like move stuff around or like bringing kids down to to the fire circle or like 
helping in the kitchen. Like, do just what can I do? Like, this is so you know, like I'm here. Let's work together. He's probably so excited that somebody's allowing him to find himself. Right. The way the way you guys have the kids interact, um, I don't know if it is based off. I don't know if I said it to you or Ken. It reminds me of what I imagine a Montessori school looks mm, like. It's pretty similar. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty similar. So you give them their structure, but then you give them autonomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to some of the counselors, and they said that was their favorite part. Yeah. Uh, like John said, he works with a lot of kids and different things, and he mm-hmm. said this is his favorite one because the kids have autonomy, but they're structured. It's not just straight right. chaos. Right. Um, how did you come up with, with that approach? So do you want to kind of explain to them like how their days look and like how you came up with the approach of that? Sure. So... In the days, our schedule has definitely had iterations over the last decade. Uh, of course. But uh, we we wake up at 7 a.m. Uh, every morning. Uh, they go to mindfulness of some sort at 7.10. So they wake up, have enough time to breathe, and potentially get a bathing suit on if they're going to cold plunge. But there's cold plunge, yoga, sit spots, journaling, uh, movement, which is like some sort of physical thing. Some kids go running. Some kids are lifting weights. Uh, from seven ten uh, till roughly seven forty, seven forty-five. So they're waking up and waking up in a way that isn't shocking their nervous system. I mean, getting in the cold plunge is definitely a, a shock in one way, but it's not that alarm. Oh no, we have to get going. Like our day has started. It's like this kind of gentle enter in, entrance into the day. Well, what's interesting is we just um, we just stayed with these guys that have a program called Zero to 100. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were going through the science of, like, the cold plunge. Um, and it's, like, the importance of it is, like, it shocks the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. And then it shows, like, it's actually, like, a harsher shock. But it's a controlled, voluntary, mm-hmm. where the alarm hits you and then it gets away. Right. Whereas, like, the cold plunge, you enter it. And, again, how you enter it, what they were saying is how you enter it is how you receive. So you mm-hmm. enter it. You control the breath. Right. All right, cool. I'm in control of this. Right. Or I'm surrendering to this and we're we're working together. Right. And I'll be fine. Okay, cool. I surpassed my limit. So mm-hmm. they overcome probably the worst thing of the day, like at least from a right. physiological stress right factor. Yeah, yeah. Boom. All right, cool. I got right. this. Right. So the kids here, they wake up, they have a cold plunge. And then you guys did like a circle thing and, this morning? Yeah, and then we do circles. So we bring everybody together to sing a song or two, connect with each other, like convene as a community. Uh, and then after we convene as a community, then we eat food together, almost always together unless kids are off on trips. Um, coming together for food is, is uh, it's a ritual, right? It's sacred. It's one of the like, most human, yeah, like sacred things. This, In America, family dinners have more or less disappeared, gone. which is insane. Yes. I'm so thankful to my parents, no matter what, dinner at 6 30 yeah like my ass was home right and it's like a cool thing yeah yeah it's so wild uh so after we then we again come together and we do community meeting which kids are getting to figure out what they're doing for the day like they get to pick choice uh which is coming later in the day i'll mention that in a second uh singing more songs because being active and singing getting that voice out uh has a real um serious effect on on joy and you know it's and depression, like it really can help bring people back into that space. And again, that's not woo woo. No, it's that's not. Hard it's, it's hard neural science. Yeah, there's a reason. I mean, uh, I hope I'm able to plug different names, but you know, like you go to Tony Robbins, they have you up every fucking 15 minutes, like yeah. dance, sing, you know, it's like, yeah. and that works. So you know, it's a piece of that where He's created a multi-million dollar industry with that. With that, that's literally his tool. He yeah. just they don't say it, but like it's all about getting up and dancing and moving and singing yeah. and screaming. Uh, 
at least in my opinion, when I went, which I thought it was awesome. It's uh, not knocking it. Yeah. No, not at all. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, we're using it. I'm yeah. going to go back. Yeah. I'm going back this year. I'm bringing my sister. I'm bringing other friends. Nice. Like, I'm going to do it. Like, uh, do it again. So after a community meeting, then they go off to skills. So there's uh, four, five skills in the morning that are related to our guild system. So earth, air, fire, water, and ether uh, that... Uh, it's the basis of our curriculum, so they're learning the same skills throughout the week so that when we get to the end of the week, we can do a test of sorts, and that's uh, when they can earn certain beads, they become proficient, and get to up-level in autonomy. So, you know, if somebody's doing a skill with fire, they get their fire bead, then that means that we no longer have to be over their shoulder in some ways. You know, it's like the carving. Okay, cool, you know, yeah, like yeah. They get to up-level, and eventually they get to up-level to rover, which means that they... They can go wherever they want to go. We need to know where they are, but they get to build multi-story forts out in the woods. They get to cut down trees. They get to like really integrate, um, and they also get to teach. Like they get to share, bring groups, and um, like dig into the really anything they want to. But um, that's a pretty extensive system. So we do skills after skills. That's just morning activity time. Uh, we do lunch. And then after lunch, they go to rest hour. Every out, every every day is rest hour at some point after lunch, like siesta. I love that that because I'm a napper. Yeah, I, I love that nap is built in. Totally built in. Like I don't get to nap during the summer, but everyone else, it's like chill time. It's important. Siesta. In my business, I ask everybody to take a nap. Good. Um, like I have, um, I've been told by the CEO of, or the. VP of my company and, and stuff like that. And again, billion dollar company. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't understand what you're doing, man. But keep doing it. Right. Because <laughs> he's like, like at first they're like, I don't know, this is weird. I have like a book club. I have a library in my Dumb. office. I'm doing insurance sales. Yeah. And I ask everybody to go to the gym and take a nap and take a walk in the sun every day. Heck yeah. Right. Which is like very counterintuitive. Yeah. But we're the fat, we're the fastest growing team for a couple of years in a row. We're not this year. We're having an off year. Um, which is also part of the process too. Got to go back mm -hmm. and recalibrate. Right. I'm I'm big on naps. Heck yeah, it's it's important. Yeah. Like reset for the day, like nap. Uh, so they do that, and then uh, we come back for free swimming games, which is just like again convenient as a community to play. So they're separate in these other things, but then we eat together, which is one way. But then we come after rest hour to play together. So they get to rock climb. They do pool. Uh, they might do ancient weaponry or archery or different things. Like it's just a. Wide what are open. some examples of ancient weaponry? Uh, so atlatls, spears, What's slings. Uh, so you can think of a super long arrow, like bow and arrow style. So super long arrow, six feet, uh, and you have a lever or a launching device that you hold in your hand. So it holds on to the back of the arrow, the knock, and you throw it. And it gives you leverage to throw. Like a javelin? It's like a javelin. So it gives you leverage to throw the thing like a javelin. I mean, you, you can, there's a lot of force. Like, there's a lot of energy uh, with that. So atlatl, it's, it's, uh, it's neat. Accuracy takes time, for sure. But uh, that's, that's one example. Uh, slings. That's so, cool. Yeah, my, my son Julian was really ripping with one today, having so much fun with it. But slings are great. Uh you know, it could even be throwing sticks. I mean, there's times where we go out and hunt rabbit, and you just have a club, basically, like a stick, where you, you just have to hit it. You knock it. You know, it, it, ancient weaponry can be any number of things, but those are a couple of examples. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's dope. I feel like yeah. when I was a kid, I would have probably gravitated to that. It's it's dope. 
Yeah, flu flu arrows, like shooting arrows up and trying to hit moving targets through the air. It like there's just so many things, man. It's really cool. Um, but again, the whole point is to just give them different exciting things to then talk about. Right, because right? we can re relate every activity back into the heart, back into the body, back into the mind. What I was gonna say is, it's balanced too, because you bring everything back to like the honoring. Always. And like, it's not just that aspect. Like, I I think all the time I was a pretty good athlete, but I wish back then like yoga wasn't considered quote unquote like gay. <laughs> it was totally right? gay like, back then. Man. You know what I mean? Like, I it, wish it wasn't. Yeah, because I would have loved it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't do it. Right. It would have made me a better football player. Right. Or I finally did dance with Danielle. Hell yeah. But like, I mean, I would have did it to my friends if they did it. So my friends would have just tore me to pieces of if course. I took dance class of like back in high school. Yeah. Um, and I think we're moving towards that. And it's cool, right? With like masculine guys like yourself, um, I, myself, like when we can open it, like, oh yeah, this is cool, stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it doesn't make you less, or it doesn't make you more either. Just something i want to do cool. right right and that's totally fucking okay yeah, yeah. right we, we should be able to do whatever the fuck we want to do as long as it's not hurting somebody yeah that that we want and be supported in it right like right. fuck yeah that's great that you want to do that i'm stoked that you want to explore your body that way or that you want to move this way to see if it helps with anything or just because it might be fun i want you to live a joyful life right and i want you to explore every way that you can in order to create joy and fulfillment in life and then um, I noticed music is a big aspect of this camp as well. Yeah, it is. Um, which I love. Yeah. So I guess I, I that makes sense. I mean, I never went to a summer camp when I was a kid, but that mm -hmm. makes sense. I think of like people sitting by a campfire. Um, yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard of Edward Shackleton? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I read a book about him, Shackleton's Way, when they when their boat was sinking in the mm -hmm. Arctic. Yeah, they only bring so many things, and one of the things he made them bring was the the guitar. Right, yeah, it's is like mental health, right? Like so, uh, sound healing. I mean, we do sound healing here. Yeah, you guys we do have sound, sound bath, and, yeah. and you know, we we do things with speakers sometimes, and we do things with crystal bowls ball, sometimes, or um, like a couple of different modalities. I'm hoping to build on that because I've I've noticed uh, for kids in in the woo space in that woo, woo space. The sound baths have been the most profound discussions that we've had, period, uh, in the past couple of years with the kids. The, the impact that they've had just, you know, an hour in sound bath when they go into it versus when they come out of it, the, the most profound change. It, it's nuts. So playing guitar... I mean, it, it, it all, it goes into our cells. It's something that's innate. Like music and song was how we used to tell stories, right? right. Like it's in our DNA. And I, I don't know this. And this is Sean, just, I, I, I feel it. I've not studied that. But, uh, but it, I mean, it, that it story piece is true. Yeah. This, this song is how we used to tell stories. And the stories, that was how we communicated, right? Like song has been around forever. We can speak for a reason. Right. So right. it, it makes sense. Like it, it affects us in a very dramatic way. I, um, do you ever have parents or anything like that reach out about the sound healing, um, either interest or like, what is this? I <laughs> totally. So that, what is this absolutely happens. I mean, I've had like, <laughs> I didn't realize people were like averse to it. And I just found that out recently. Yeah. To me, that just seems like a totally like listen to music. Why would that be weird? Right. I, <laughs> 
during staff training week, we do a sound bath. The next day, I had a staff was like, I'm out. Like, I mean, and it was, you could see the cringe during the sound bath even just, just wasn't open to it at all. And it, it happens, you know, some people just aren't into it, but uh, absolutely get pushback from parents. But that's only the case. Like I get it uh, early on uh, or like midweek, midsummer when they might see a picture of, of it on Insta or like something in a newsletter we sent home. And then as soon as they see their kids and then start talking about it, they're ask I just yesterday had two families ask if they can come up here after camp because of the letters that their kids sent home about the sound bath. Like they want to come up and fucking have a double party with another family to do it together because their their daughters were mind blown. <laughs> That's so cool. Like it Yeah, yeah. So there is pushback and there is skepticism, which skepticism is super fucking important. I am a skeptic for sure. Right with your science background. Yeah. But, you know, open mind. I'm an open-minded skeptic. And uh, once they see the results, which every family, and I, 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 I mean, I feel like I should put together an email list or, or like a contact list even because every family talks about the change. The change Dude, not just for to. their kids, but the change for their family, period, through the year. It would be really cool um, – it would be really cool, and I'm going to talk to you about this. Um, anyway, it's like side thing I want to talk to you about mm-hmm. um, that I think would be really amazing. But like on your own, I think a really cool thing of that offering, like an idea that you might be able to do and help you with, mm-hmm. would be like writing a book or doing like a little thing on almost the feedback you get. Like, right. Like right. first part could be like this is what we do da, 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 this the science right you could do the hard science of it right and then you don't even have to explain the feelings from you you could right. use the letters all the snippets right you could be the hard science mm-hmm. the dreadlock hard science guy <laughs> yes and then like the skeptic <laughs> parents could be the feelings aspect yeah. which I think would be super powerful right it, it would be something for because I like to think despite all of the the purposeful deception that does happen. I still mm. like to think the people do mean the best, even the people that are purposely deceiving us or distracting right. us, maybe in some fucked up way, they think they're doing it to help us. Sure. Yeah. Like almost every time yeah. the bad guy thinks what he's doing is good. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's true. And that's like the, yeah, it's the only way I can operate. Right. <laughs> to like, right. Believe that. Cause otherwise I like want war. Right. And I mean, the, there is a quote, it's not, this is not verbatim, but you know, uh, an enemy is only someone that you haven't had an opportunity to fully understand or fully like it's Abraham to. Lincoln. Uh, okay, cool. It's, um, that guy's my enemy. I don't know him well enough yet. Right. It's fucking true. Yeah. He has some of the best quotes, right? Abraham like Lincoln. we as humans with very few exceptions care, like we do care about everyone we do love everyone we don't necessarily want to so many people are afraid to admit that but we care and i do believe that everybody is thinking about the big picture best interest of everybody the problem is the boxes that everybody's been put into uh, make everyone fight yeah and it's it's so wild right like in like the stuff with epstein and like mm-hmm. all these other things right, that comes out and like that's fact it's not even it's not yeah exactly and it that that doesn't really get talked about and it's yeah. like both sides both parties right like 
I'm not focusing on one. Right. And I, and I come into this thing like, how can I justify those people's actions? How can they think right. that's best? Right? right. But there has to be a way in order for it to be better. Yeah. And like, and the yeah. key is I'll probably never interact with or even knowingly, mm-hmm. but maybe the ripples get to their kids and something changes. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, that's yeah, the only thing I can think of because that shit is crazy. Yes. Yes. Like. Yes. I mean, in the, yeah. Yes. It's fucking crazy. But there are exceptions to that that, yeah. that bit. Like yeah, there has to be exceptions. Be the fucking exception. Like, yeah, yeah, those yeah. might just be like yeah. <laughs> um, but it is like those ripples, right? We've talked about those ripples. It is. It's amazing. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much, and the best we can do is the best we can do. Right. So I mean, here at the end of a free game, another free game productions, you know, episode. Um, thanks for doing what you're doing, man. Thanks for letting us be here and. Camp out at Hickory Camp and, and mm-hmm. just get to experience Camp W and kind of come and go and, and stuff like that. It's, it's been awesome, absolutely awesome, man. So much appreciated. Yeah. And thanks, brother. And, and thanks for taking the time out for the podcast, too. Absolutely. Yeah. My pleasure. All right. Thank you, brother.